to Pitch Intense, the Fan Entertainment Movie Pitching Podcast. And today we are casting, at the very least, and potentially even slightly reworking, a Disney live action movie. I'm always Mike. And I'm always Aaron. So this is probably going to be a very short episode as we're going to be following much the same formula that is the tried and tested method that Walt Disney are putting into effect for a lot of their classic animated movies. We've seen it with Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast. We've seen it with The Lion King. We've seen it with Jungle Book. Um, and we know that this is a project that they really like doing and it's really going to be ramping up moving forward. We're on the cusp of getting Mulan. Whenever that comes out. Mm-hmm. I hope that doesn't become the new New Mutants, where it's just going to get constantly put back and put back and put back, because it's now, I think it's in its third delay. It was meant to come out next week, but that's now been pushed back again. So, I mean, New Mutants was supposed to come out next month, and Christ knows if that's actually still happening it's or not. It's not real. <laughs> it's the Death Stranding of movies. It's very much the Death Stranding of movies. <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway, so we are going to be pitching our vision for a Disney animation made into a live action movie uh, and released in the coming years, I guess, because this is apparently a trend that's not going to die anytime soon, especially after Aladdin did gangbusters. So no. And it seems like they're still they're happy to pump this out. I mean, because Lady and the Tramp went straight to Disney Plus. So it did i forgot about that yeah i i, I was i watched that uh, a few days ago it's just dog activities the movie just some <laughs> dogs do some things and that's it and I, I, hey, I think... ain't that the original film though i mean yeah so it's probably true to that i haven't seen the original because of why would i watch a dog film but it, yeah it was ju- just some dogs went about some business um so that anyway um so yeah it's it's for the most part they don't tend to mess with the formula at all. I mean, The Lion King is basically a shot-for-shot remake. There's not anything yeah, other than very similar. Nala gets a song because Beyonce. That's literally that's all, it. Yeah, it, that's almost a theme, isn't it? It's just, okay, we need to give our female leads more to do. Uh, they did it in Aladdin. They did it in Lion King. Yep. Uh, they didn't really do it in The Jungle Book, although they did. No, The Jungle Book is probably the one that veers away the most because it it at least adds a bit of a dark edge to the whole thing. Yeah. But they still did get Christopher Walken to sing I Want to Be Like You, which is incredible. Which is the greatest achievement of all these live-action remakes so far, I think. Uh, yeah, Beauty and the Beast, they added... Um, they gave a song to The Beast, so he had something to sing about. So, yeah, there, there tends to be a general rule of thumb. Was, what most ones we're talking about are musicals. Um, mm. I think uh, mine isn't a musical, the one I've chosen. Okay. Um, I don't know if yours is. It is not, no. Oh, wow, okay, so we've both eschewed musicals. Which, I mean, they're doing that with Mulan. They're not, Mulan is not a musical in live action, and they've also got rid of Muses. So maybe that's the one that's really going to book the trend in terms of changing things from the original. That's um, true. I mean, Mulan looks like a straight-up action it film now. It looks good. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm starting off this one, because um, you started off the uh, last one. About yeah, the Star Wars one. Star Wars, yes. So I was originally kind of locked into doing Hercules. Because I'm mm. like, it's Greek mythology. I fucking love Greek mythology. This is going to be dope. And I did actually get a bit of the way through the casting on that one. Um, I had um, Hugh... Um, oh, Hugh, what's his face? He's, from, he's the lead character in The Boys on Amazon Prime. Um, oh, Meg Ryan and what's-her-face's son. 
Yeah, I know who you mean. I am going to double check who that Thank is you. because I, I do know who you mean. The guy, it's the guy who plays. Doesn't he play a character called Huey? Yes, his name might actually not be Huey. I might be in confusion with his character there. Anyway, um, he is. Um, he, yeah, Jack Jack Quaid. That's him. Sorry, yeah, Jack Quaid would be my Hercules. Um, because I think he's got that right level of dorkishness where I think he could pull that off. And I, you don't need to be ripped to play ripped characters in Hollywood anymore because anyone can be ripped. Look at what um, um, uh, Cornell, uh Come out, Nanjiani. That's him. Look at the fucking, you know, frame on him now he's decided to get into a Marvel movie. So I don't worry mm-hmm. about people getting jacked anymore. See, I had him cast as Hercules. Um, I had um, Nick Offerman and Megan Milani as Zeus and Hera. Uh, <laughs> I had Jeff Goldblum as Hades. It was basically there, but I wanted to change. I, I would have wanted to go in and just add a lot more mythical stuff to it. Um, mm. So I, I had to stop short there. And then my loving girlfriend said, why don't you try Lilo and Stitch? Now, at this point, I hadn't actually ever seen Lilo and Stitch. I kind of wanted to because I know it's like... I, I feel like it missed my age bracket of being like our animated Disney, like, touchstone. That was mm. more like Lion King. Yeah, it, definitely was. But for her generation, it, that was kind of the one where she said in, like, the early 2000s, she wanted a Stitch more than she wanted a Pikachu, which did not compute in my mind, but fair that, enough. That makes no fucking sense to me. So, I mean, can he shoot lightning? No, he can't. Um, so I <laughs> Is he voiced by Ryan Reynolds? No, he isn't. <laughs> Unless <laughs> he is. I went to, look, if you're going to come back to me when Skitch and take down a Dragonite, a Latios, and somehow a, Ry, a, a Rhyhorn, uh, sorry, a Rhydon, that he didn't even have type advantage, she walked out of the room at this point. Um... <laughs> I was like, did Stitch aim for the horn? No, he didn't. Um, so, as like, talk to me then. Anyway, so I, I only watched Lilo and Stitch for the first time four days ago. But here's wow. my pitch for the live action Lilo and Stitch. Because <laughs> I actually did quite like it. I thought, well, this is pretty good. It's pretty, it's a weird film. Like, it's very odd, but it's very good. A lot of stuff in there. I'm like, I don't know how this made it past the, the pitch. Like, all the Elvis stuff. Like, yeah, it's it, a bit weird, isn't it? What the... Like, did someone just really, like... I know he did Blue Hawaii, but that's literally it. Like, they, it felt like whoever produced the film was owed a favour by Disney and he cashed in because he just made... I just, like, really like Elvis. So, I'm just going to put him in there despite the fact it makes no sense. Any hoozle. So, uh, if you're not aware of what Lilo and Stitch is, um, it is a story of an alien uh, from outer space, Stitch who is kind of banished, um, he's an experiment by this, this um, uh, scientist called Jumba, who um, is basically banished from this council. They're going to they're gonna kill him, but he escapes and kind of lands on Earth. Uh, and he has to pretend to be a dog for a little Hawaiian girl called Lilo and her uh, sister Nani, um, who are these two sisters who have just recently been orphaned and... Nani's trying to hold everything together as like a, a surrogate mom, basically for a, a much younger sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's Stitch um, being chased down by the scientist who created him, who's been promised freedom if he can recapture Stitch. And all that, and all the shenanigans that ensue. Um, so I'm not really touching the plot. I'll get to what I'm going to change about it later. It's more slight, slight tweaks to characterization I'm going to get to later. Um, so we'll start from the top. Uh, Lilo. This is the only cop-out answer I have. Because she's so young, 
I think you're just going to have to go and get an unknown Hawaiian um, Polynesian actress to, to play her. Mm. Um, we, we did scour. It became a bit of a team effort when I told Rachel we were going to do Lee Lundstitch. Um, she put the legwork in and couldn't find anybody of like a known quantity that really fits the bill there. Mm. So I think you're just going to have to throw that into the, the wind of chance and just go and hopefully find, un- uncover a gem somewhere in Hawaii that could do this role. Because I was adamant of like, well, you can just age her up, but then it kind of changes the dynamic between her and her sister. So, yeah, that's my only cop-out answer, is that you just go and get um, a young Hawaiian actress. It's a slight cop-out answer for Stitch as well, but now that they've got James Earl Jones back to play Mufasa, you have opened the door up to having at least one person return to do some voice work. I was yep. going to do this trick in Hercules with Danny DeVito. I'm going to do it now and have Stitch, who's a fully CGI character, and he's going to be voiced by Chris Sanders, who voiced him in the original animated movie. That's fair enough. But I feel like, especially with cartoons, it's really hard to um, cast outside of what that original voice is because, you know, yeah. cartoon characters are their voices. And as something as otherworldly as Stitch, you can definitely get away with that. Exactly. I mean, it's it's kind of like, it's 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 iconic at this point, you know what I mean? It's like why they always get, um, what's his face back to play Optimus Prime. So it's it's kind of, you know, it's locked in there. You don't want to be changed if you don't have to. And we don't. So yeah, I, I wouldn't have Stitch be ultra realistic in his CGI. He would look largely the same, just with more realistic fur and, and, and stuff like that. Um, mm. The only thing I'm going to change about Stitch, I'll kind of touch on that now, um, is Stitch can change colour when in dog mode. So he kind of, like, the fur becomes a bit of a like a dull grey. There's still a bit of, like, a blue tinge there, but it's more grey. Because I think it kind mm. of... It didn't really work in the film that, you know, Nani, who's clearly pretty intelligent, doesn't know that there's not a dog alive in the world that is blue and has bug eyes. So mm. I'm, I'm going to change that a little bit. So when he, when he goes back to being normal Stitch with like the, the forearms and the, and the antenna and stuff, he goes back to being blue. And in that mode, he looks almost identical to what he did in the animated version. We're just going to change that a little bit for realism. I'm also going to lessen... I'm not going to have Stitch dress up as Elvis because that montage makes no sense anyway. So Elvis is still going to be prominent in the soundtrack and Lilo's still going to be a fan and playing it kind of diegetically, but that's it i think that kind of keeps it in keeping with what the original movie did you can play elvis whenever you want to i'm just not gonna have the dog dress up as elvis that's fair uh that's oh okay and stitch is also this is maybe the bigger change i'd have stitch be more emotionally intelligent because you know he's meant to be this super intelligent being but when he gets to earth it's kind of it's not really like explain very well why he kind of goes along with being a dog and, and pretending it. We know why he's trying, cause he's trying to keep his cover to hide from the scientist. But mm. he acts too dog-like whenever Lilo isn't even there. You know what I mean? So I'd have it be like a conscious effort on his part to act more like a dog whenever Lilo is there. And then when she falls asleep and it's nighttime, whatever, he then becomes more intelligent and he's doing things that are quite clearly, you know, stuff a dog wouldn't do. Yeah. So that's the change I'd make there. Um, and he's obviously, it becomes more obvious that he's doing it in order to blend in to avoid capture from um, from 
uh, Jumba. So I'm still a little bit fresh on the names, so I'm going to have to have a few <laughs> pauses in it. So Nani, the older sister of the um, of the family, I'm going to have her played by... Ooh, oh, it's, oh, no. It's, we've just had Icelandic names, and now we've got to do Hawaiian <laughs> names. Um, Ululi Kravalo, who was the voice of Moana in Moana. Um, yeah. She's about the right age. She's maybe a touch younger than you would have. But, I mean, we're not saying this film needs to be made today. We could wait a couple of years for her to age up to about the age of, like, 18, 19. Um, yeah, so I think she did a really good job in Moana. I think she, she'd do a good job here. Um, she's maybe not tall enough because, like, Nani in the animated version is a bit of a specimen. So mm. maybe she needs to get a bit taller. But, yeah, that's that's my choice there. Uh, David, who's the kind of wetter guy that follows around Nani um, and he's a surfer, uh, who's the, the fire dancer who's not very good at fire dancing, I've got him played by Kekoa Kekumanu, who was young Aquaman in Aquaman? Um, oh, cool! Again, we're going to very strict. I'm not. I'm not going outside the lines of casting anything other than Hawaiian people. You can't do that um, because you're going to incite rage. So I think <laughs> it, 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 what what you're lacking, kind of the because these are going to be relatively cheap castings, because we're not going to any megastars here. I think Stitch is going to be the the thing getting people into the cinema. It's not necessarily name value. Um, of of the rest of your cast, I think the Stitch character is is the one that's going to pull people in. So it doesn't need to be a big name cast up front. Plus that means you save money that you can then spend on the voice actors you're going to get in to do all the aliens. Mm. So with that in mind, well, first of all, their last human character we're going to cast is Mr. Cobra Bubbles, who is the um, kind of uh, social services person who's checking in on how Nan is doing as a mom and threatening to take Lilo away not in like an evil way but he's just doing his job and then later on you find out that he's ex-CIA as well uh, he was voiced in the original one by Ving Rhames and he I was. did consider getting Ving back because I mean Ving is still a unit and can still <laughs> do everything that Ving Rhames could do in the early 2000s he can do now I decided against that mm-hmm. and I've instead gone for Andre Brauer who is Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, that's perfect yeah that's thinking, really fucking good. Because he can do... You see it sometimes in that show, he can do a bit of warmth, which occasionally comes through with that character. But I'm largely thinking of him as Captain Holt in sunglasses. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's... I that's. Am, I am ecstatic. <laughs> Go, Razzmatazz. Go, Razzmatazz. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like he's done... Because, I mean, he used to be in films. He was in the original Fantastic Four as... Um, the like the military guy, um, mm. but he's now just been doing Brooklyn Nine Nine for the longest time. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. So I'm ready for him to jump back into films, and I feel like this would be a very good pick for him. Right, oh, yeah. Everyone else we came back is everyone else now is CGI aliens. So for the most part, they wouldn't need to be on stage. Some of them, I think, you would have them there for for uh, motion capture, um, yeah. particularly the next two. Um, the other ones I don't think is particularly necessary. So Jumba, who is the vaguely Russian scientist guy who created Stitch and is then incarcerated, but once Stitch escapes, he's the one sent to go and recapture him in order to earn his freedom. I don't know what it was, but uh, all, again, all of these would be obviously false CGI characters. I don't know what it was, but it gave me a bit of a David Harbour vibe of like hmm. this kind of reluctant, like, oh, okay, I'll go and do that. 
So I'm going to cast David Harbour as him. Now, we know David Harbour can do at least a little bit of a Russian accent, as he's about to be the Red Guardian in the Black Widow movie. Yeah, you're right. Do you know what I realise? Sorry, real quick tangent. Is it not going to be really weird in the current political climate for, you know, the biggest mar- the biggest American film franchise going at the moment is going to put out a movie that potentially is pro-Russian and makes the Russians the good guys? I mean, true, but also all the Russians in that movie are being played by Americans, so... I mean, there is you know. that, I'll give you that, but... Oh, and, and Florence Pugh. One well, British. Wee, but, like... Oh, I know, because what's the face in there as well? Um... Oh my god, she's Daniel Craig's wife. Da, da, da. <laughs> Good. I enjoyed that, that little jingle. Oh no, what's her name? Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, anyway, um, so that's I'm going to have David Harbour as Jumba. And Pleakley, the second I saw the film, I was like, I know exactly who's playing Pleakley. That's the the little nerdy alien that goes along with Jumba. Who's I think like I know the, what you're going to say here. Um, who is the... Um, uh, he's like the the go-to guy for Earth stuff, and he's the one that um, Doctor that um, Mr. Bubbles convinced that mosquitoes were an endangered species, and therefore granted <laughs> Earth protection from all these alien invasions and stuff. Um, do you want to have a guess who I've cast? I think you cast Ben Schwartz. I have not cast Ben Schwartz. Oh, okay. I've gone Go with on. Bill Hader. Ah, okay, yeah, awesome. Uh, just yep. it, I just got the second I watched, it, I was like, that's just that's. That's Bill Hader. That's that's, that's not even a contest. That was the easiest casting I did. Of like, <laughs> yep, hundred percent. That's Bill Hader. Done. Dusted. Moving on. Um, so yeah, those two would be the ones I'd think would be on set doing the motion capture. Um, just because I think yeah, that that they've got to have chemistry with each other. So I think you'd actually get them on set moving the motion capture. And, you know, David Harbour's a big burly dude, and the Jumba is a big burly scientist. He's a, Bill Hader is a waif, and so is Pleakley, so all good. Uh, the last two pieces of casting I have... Oh, sorry, there is a bit of... Re- I'm going to make a change with Jumba. I'm going to make it more evident that he's very reluctant to go and recapture Stitch. Because even though it means he's freedom, he's kind of fond of his creation. So you'd have both of them reluctantly kind of go along with the pretense of I'm a dog and I'm out to capture Stitch but whenever they're away from the people holding them to that they're quite reluctant to, to do what they need to do you know they, they're conflicted about what they want to do to show that there's a connection between the two hmm. they're both putting on fronts and reluctantly doing something they have to do in order to survive that's nice. a nice bit of storytelling um so, last two casting, real quick. We've got Captain Gantu, he's the big shark looking dude. Um, yeah. He's going to be voiced by Patrick Warburton. Who Ooh. is uh, Joe from Family Guy. Um, okay. I think he's just got that level of like big, gruff, impressive sounding voice that he would do well as a nine foot tall shark alien, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and now, I was, I was writing these casts down this morning. And I said, um, and, and I need the, what's the name of the, um, the, yeah, the main alien lady? Oh, uh, Grand Councilwoman. Yeah, what's her name? <laughs> Grand Councilwoman. <laughs> now, no, I don't need a job title. What's she called? And it's like, no, on Wikipedia, she's literally Grand Councilwoman. I'm like, yep. Oh, so playing Grand Councilwoman. <laughs> CGI, I did think for a second, she reminded me a lot of Dean Hardscrabble from Monsters University. Hmm. So I was going to get... Um, Whoever played her, I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head now. That's annoying. Um, I can't remember. 
Anyway, I was going to get her in, but I changed my mind and went with Emma Thompson in the end. So I think Emma nice. Thompson is between Emma Thompson and Kate Blanchett. And I was like, Kate Blanchett's probably more expensive, so I'm going to get Emma Thompson in. Because <laughs> even though it's a hypothetical film that'll never get made, I was still thinking of budget. Um, oh, no, I've done exactly the same thing. Don't worry about that. Lovely. Because I think Emma Thompson can do... I was thinking more Emma Thompson in Saving Mr. Banks of just hard-nosed, get-the-fucking-job-done type of Emma Thompson. So... Uh, that's who I'm going for. And that's basically it. Those are my ideas for Lilo and Stitch. I think the plot would work pretty well translated. I don't think there's a lot that needs to be changed for the sake of, uh, uh, for the sake of film. You'd probably extend the action scene. So Stitch's escape from, uh, space, you'd want to extend that. Um, the kind of the final bit where, um, the big shark dude has captured Lilo by mistake and they're having to rush to, uh, save her i'd probably keep that in there i'll just extend that one out but yeah those would be my and i think it's a good time to put this movie out because you know it speaks to like family which is all good and stuff but you know it's becoming a bit more often that older siblings are being tasked with looking after younger siblings and accepting who your new family is is a theme i think that a lot of people you know in the modern world just the way things are are gonna, you know, it's going to resonate with a lot of people. So I still think the story doesn't need a lot of tweaking to still be called truly relevant. So I'm going to leave that it is. And that is my idea for Lilo and Stitch. Nice. I like that. Again, we're going to, I think we're going to have a similarly uh, short picture of me because I, I really wouldn't change the plot of mine. I, I like the casting in yours. I'm, I like that I couldn't predict it. I did think that, like, for, um, oh, there was the shark dude, uh, Gantu, I thought you were going to go for kind of like a, a Terry Crews kind of person, so I'm I'm glad to be wrong about that. Terry Crews came into the thought train a few times. He was almost Mr. Bubbles, um, and he was also almost uh, Captain Gantu. But I thought, no, Terry Crews is a bit too jovial. I think for for either of those roles, he's just very big. But I mean, he would just be voicing Gantu. <laughs> so I thought, no, Patrick Warburton would be would be that's a slightly better. Not that I don't love Terry Crews and want him to be in lots of things. But, uh, yeah. Well, I, I also had the Terry Crews quandary in mine as well, and uh, similarly did not cast Terry Crews. Uh, I just feel like it, it's a bit cheap to, like, we need a black guy. Oh, let's get Terry Crews. <laughs> it's not... Yeah, it's not the Warwick Davis paradox, isn't it? Of, like, well, we need someone short, but we can't afford the dink. Do we just get do we just get Warwick Davis again? That's how he's made a career for 30 years. <laughs> yeah, everyone thought that the dink was going to just undercut his entire shtick, but then the dink went on to be an actually respected actor. So, and actually, you know. yeah, good at acting, which Warwick Davis cripplingly lacks. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I hate Warwick Davis. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I really like that. I, I think the the choice for Nanny is inspired. That's really good. Like, yeah. I was I was just looking. I had to go and have a look what the voice of Moana looks like. That's bang on, isn't it? That's really yeah. good. So, I mean, like she could do with a few more inches in height to well, have that you know, like athlete's the... body that uh, that Nani has. Well, they managed to frame, you know, um, Ian McKellen to look like a fucking giant for the uh, for the Hobbit. So fuck it, I think I think you could do it. Good point. You can just wear platform shoes. Yeah, there you go. Job done. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. So, but well, let's uh, let's move on to mine, shall we? Go now. I think you've already correctly guessed what I was doing because you asked for what year mine came out. Well, yeah, because I I knew yours was early two thousands, like months ago. And then when I changed from Hercules to Lilo and Stitch, which is also an early 2000s film, I just wanted to make sure. Because I know you said yours also had 
straight to DVD sequels, which Lilo and Stitch also has. So I was like, oh, what if we picked the same movie? Not that necessarily would be the worst thing, but I thought I may as well at least check. But yours, I think, came out the year before mine did, or possibly the year after. Something like that, yeah. The the the, the, pro- the difference between our two um, our two movies is that your movie was incredibly popular. Like, not only did Lilo and Stitch get, I think, two films directly after it, both of which went straight to DVD. Mm-hmm. It also got a TV series. It got an anime adaptation. It got a Chinese um, rev- sort of like redo of it called yep. Stitch and I, which I'd, I'm only just learning about. It And it did really, really, really well. The marketing for Lilo and Stitch was absolutely bang on as well. Mm-hmm. Remember, do you remember those posters where it was like every other Disney character looking at Stitch in disgust. Yeah. That was so well marketed. I remember Mm. that coming out. I remember going, because they animated um, Lilo and Stitch in in Disney MGM Studios in Florida. Oh, yeah. That that was the main production house for for that film. And I remember being there on the cusp of that film's release. And you know, you know, the animators workshop thing in MGM. Yes. And you can go and see them draw a character. They drew Stitch, which Ah. was real fucking cool. I really enjoyed that. My film did not have that kind of treatment. My film, for all intents and purposes, was a bit of a fucking bomb. It was going to have... It did get its uh, direct-to-DVD sequel, but it was going to have a series that got cancelled. It was going to have a ride. Uh, I can't remember which park. It might have been Disneyland California that then got cancelled. And it's gone on to be a bit of a cult favourite, but it is not by any means a well-documented or well-remembered film in the eyes of the Disney Corporation. I've gone for Atlantis, The Lost Empire. Yeah, we did kind of figure this out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between this and the Recess movie, which is like, I don't think he's done the Recess movie. Um, Or I think there was also a Pixar movie out this year, and I was like, no, I don't think anyone's brave enough to do live-action Pixar no. So, no, we had figured out. Now, good news is, this is also one of my girlfriend's favourite movies. So, oh, she, I, she She forced me, forced is the wrong word. Uh, she um, <laughs> strongly suggested that we watch this. Um, so, I have actually seen this, at, you know, at least a slightly longer ago since then I saw Lilo and Stitch, which is four days. Uh, though I can't remember a lot about it. So, this is an open book. Fair enough. I'd recommend having some pictures of the cast alongside what i'm about to tell you as well because i i've gone on who i think could play them but also who resembles these characters the most or could resemble these characters the most because the art style is so important to this film it's so it's so markedly different from uh what's you know what came before it and what came after it because it was based on the um illustration style of a man called mike mignola who has worked on hellboy and a lot of different things b p r d he, he he worked for a lot of dark horse stuff and i believe he did some stuff for Witchfinder as well if i'm not mistaken i think i've read some of that anyway it's it's a lot darker than any film either previously or before and it is exactly in the right frame of mind to be made into an action movie so we're obviously going to start with the main character that being milo thatch um a lot of things this could have been a lot of people want this to be Tom Holland. Um, mm. I have not gone that way. I have, in fact, got a different Spider-Man in. I've got Andrew Garfield. Oh, OK. I, I decided not to make... Because 
there's something about age in this film uh, is that Milo is is old enough to be you know have a career as like a cartographer and he's researching stuff on the uh, the Shepherd's Journal which tells you all about the language and history of Atlantis. That's not the kind of character that Tom Holland is playing right now. Mm-hmm. I know he's going to be playing young Nate Drake soon. Yeah, so that's started cool. filming this week, didn't it? It did, yeah. So that's happening, but it's very much a before Uncharted one Nate Drake. Which is a strange choice to go, but really odd. Fair enough. Um, but to me, Milo didn't isn't somebody who's like fresh out of school. He's a young adult, and I think after watching him in uh, Hacksaw Ridge, uh, Andrew Garfield fits really neatly into that niche, whilst also having that kind of like angular face that works well with big glasses. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'll give you that. Plus, we need somebody who can have like some kind of like upbeat charisma kind of turn of the century um sort of american idealism and because this is set in 1914 so it does make a lot of sense to have somebody who can do that Mm -hmm. um alongside him obviously the main woman of the piece i'm gonna butcher this fucking name where is it so kida gak oh god kida gakash nadak i believe is how it's pronounced but she's just called kida in the movie right I know it just okay. sounded like I was choking. but uh... <laughs> it like you just sneezed. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, <laughs> um, I went back and forth on who the fuck this could be. I At one point it was Zoe Saldana and then I took that out. Mm-hmm. I wanted somebody roughly the same age as Andrew Garfield so the romance would work. I landed on Gugu Mbatha Raw um, who was in the San Junipero edition edition episode of Black Mirror and was last seen in Misbehaviour, which I d- did that even come out? Did it come no, out? No, I think that's been delayed. Oh right. Oh, is she the? So that's a, that's the one about uh, Miss uh, Miss Universe, isn't it? In the like the seventies or something. Is she the uh, the contestant who's actually in Miss Universe? Yeah, that's the one. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's who I'd have for that. I thought that she'd be really good at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the villain for the piece is uh, Commander Lyle Tiberius Rourke, who's kind of like this um, kind of like a war vet, I guess you would describe him. Yeah, he's got that kind of grizzled look to him. And I, I, last minute, I mean, last thing I did before I went to bed last night, I thought maybe it could be because um, I had it down as Josh Brolin. Oh yeah. That would have been great. And then I remembered that I've got a lot of big name people in this and I want somebody who can be a bit more morally grey. Because I, I feel like Josh Brolin's like, I know he played Thanos and that is the most morally grey character of all. But I wanted somebody who can do the maniacal turn at the end. So right. I went with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. OK, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Which I, I thought was a good choice. Um, yeah, that's a hell of a choice. Yeah. Um, Alongside him is Helga Sinclair, who's kind of like a secondary villain, but is no less important. And a lot of people wanted Charlize Theron in this. And I'm like, Charlize will not do such a small role in this. I think you need somebody who's actually going to be kind of a bit more. I wanted to change the Helga character because she's kind of like this slim sort of seductive character in the film. She's quite sensual. And I wanted her to match the kind of it's sort of like the impending, not impending, imposing physical stature of someone like Jeffrey D. Morgan. Yeah. So I went with Katie Sackhoff from, I believe she's in Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yeah. 
um, and who should have been Captain Marvel, in my opinion. You think? You're a bit too old for that? Well, in a perfect world, it would have been her, and it would have been right. Captain Marvel earlier on, and then, we, ah, okay. you know, you can then have her be the mentor for uh, Kamala Khan. Anyway, we're getting into what I would have done. Uh, we need to talk about the crew, uh, because if you don't know the story of um, of Atlantis, the Lost Empire, uh, basically, it's about Atlantis. There is a an expedition in sort of like 1914. It's based on the works of Jules Verne, but it's kind of like an amalgamation of Journey to the Centre of the Earth and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about this crew going to literally follow the instructions of this journal to go and find the lost city of Atlantis. Um, they have kind of like... And what I like about this film is kind of like the multinational cast of the expedition crew. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, so I kind of wanted to play into that. So let's talk about Vinnie Santorini, who's the um, the Italian demolitions expert of the group. Mm-hmm. I, I tried to get an Italian actor. I did try. But you take one look at Vinnie and tell me that's not Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, I'll give you that. That is a perfect choice as well. Well, <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen's like... He's got a vague ethnicity at the best time, so I don't think it's yeah. He can he can literally play anything. So I believe I think he's part Iranian, but he actually might be something else entirely. I don't know. I tried to get kind of a bit more of a diverse cast in this anyway, because a lot of the original voices for this um, this production were not people of color. So I tried to get um, diversity where I can. The one I struggled the most with, and this is my cop out is uh, the person playing Audrey Ramirez, who's the teenage mechanic of the group. And he's actually my favourite character in the entire thing. She's Puerto Rican. She's the youngest member on the expedition. And she's she look, kind of learns to be a badass as she goes along. She's fucking great. In a perfect world, this film would have been live action to begin with, and that would have been Michelle Rodriguez. Unfortunately, we don't live in that timeline, Darren. So my cop-out answer is Isabella Mona, who was the live-action Dora the Explorer. No, that still that still makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I can see that. But actually, that's a pretty that's really bang on. It's all I, I needed someone to be a teenager, which Isabella currently at the moment is, or can at least feasibly play a teenager. And I needed somebody, if not of Puerto Rican descent, at least of of Latin flavour. Yeah, and uh, Isabella ticked that box for me, but it was just I was like, oh, okay, that's the that's, that is the only Latin thing I can think of right mm. now. Fucking Latin flavor. You make her sound like she's like some old El Paso fajita kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I tried so hard not to make this. <laughs> like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Sorry, that's my bad. I'll, uh... <laughs> oh god, she's good though. Like she's yeah. I mean that door that door film did not look the worst thing which is probably as high a praise as i can give it i'm not gonna watch it but <laughs> no i'm definitely not gonna watch it but you know it didn't look horrible and i think there's a lot to be said for that you oh never see my to... goddaughter's like excitement when she saw there was going to be a live action because sat next to her and she saw the trailer for the first time yeah my god like imagine if they released a pokemon live action movie in like 1999 that level of like, <gasps> that, that literally all my dreams are coming true. Kind of not even, not even a word of a lie. Like, the most excited I've ever seen it for anything. Wow, fair enough. Cool. Um, rest of the crew. So we've got 
this is the best fucking name of all time. Dr. Joshua Strongbear Sweet. Oh, that's a powerful name. Um, and I mean, okay. Have you got a picture of him up? Uh, yes. I want you to tell me who you think I've cast for this and let's see if I've got it right. Well, I'm guessing this is the one that Terry Crews was the question for. He was the question. Uh, if not, again, The Rock, but The Rock's too expensive. You're probably yeah, the... younger. Yep. Um, David uh, David Washington? Oh, that's a fucking good pick, but it's not what I put down. Oh, oh go it... on then. I went for it with Mike Coulter, who played Luke Cage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's perfect. It, it was between him and the guy who played Umbaku. And it could have gone either way, but I went with Mike Coulter. I mean, all excellent choices. Yeah, I, I, I knew I wanted someone who was fucking smooth, and that that's just where Umbaku lost out because Umbaku is a great kind of powerful but comedic character. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I, I would I would go for Mike Coulter. I put it that way. <laughs> No, that that makes a lot of sense. There is a reason he got to bang Jessica Jones. I put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, it's him and uh, it's him and Jesse Pinkman apparently. Yeah, that's her types. She yeah. runs a very wide gambit as uh, as Jessica Jones. <laughs> Spindly white guys and buff black dudes. Fair enough. Yeah, you yeah, know what? But you know, variety is a spice of life. That's fine. It is. Um, Mole is the weird one. He does have a full name, but he's only ever referred to as Mole in the movie. Right. Um who is like this kind of weird, staunchy little... Um, he's a geologist, I think, but he's like... He's obsessed with rocks and digging, and he's this weird, sort of like... Staunted little, blumpy cat. You know it's Danny DeVito. You, oh, yeah, 100%. You, come on now, that's Danny DeVito. Like, this is fresh off the back of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Danny DeVito. He just gets to go fucking crazy, he gets to put on a French accent, and he gets to scuttle about the place for an air and a half. It, it's too perfect. Have you seen... It's a bit of a tangent, but we've been doing that a lot today. Have you? Did you watch the Jumanji sequel? I didn't, no. Right, so we watched it last night, and, you know, the the... the concept that like you know they're playing the video game and stuff so danny devito is initially at least the rock mm. the rock cannot do a danny devito impression <laughs> because it, it basically boils down to saying spencer and putting on a bit of like a weird like over-the-top new york accent and going eh a lot that's oh. literally all but then like for convoluted reasons aquafina gets to play pretend to be danny devito and does a much better job than the rock does. <laughs> and it's 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 okay, it's not as, I don't think it's as spies in the first one, but it is worth it to see Kevin Hart's Danny Glover impression. Oh, which is almost great. mesmeric good. Like <laughs> it makes it's so like as for as bad as the rock is, like it's dragged up by um by Kevin Hart's Danny Glover impression. Sorry about that. Do continue. I, that makes me want to watch that film now because I, I just want to see Kevin Hart doing Downing Glover. That sounds it's, fucking it's, brilliant. It's, it's the highlight of the film. As much as like <laughs> Jack Black doing like the 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 Valley Girl in the first one was the best bit, that's the best bit of the second one. <laughs> oh man, I, I actually might watch that. Right, it's, on, uh, it's not on Sky. We had to rent it, but uh, it's only like three quid. It ain't nothing. Or yeah, watch no. it through other means if needs be. Mm, maybe, maybe. Sorry, Actually, I'm distracting you a lot here. <laughs> Sorry. We're, we're nearly there, Darren. It's nearly done. Oh, okay. um, so uh, Cookie, or um, I think it's like Jebediah Farnsworth, is mm -hmm. like this kind of like 
uh so he's kind of a kind of a pastiche of western style cowboy chef things completely out of time which i really enjoy um there was really only ever one person i wanted to play this because it's william h macy who is in the american version of shameless he's frank and he's fucking great he's so good like it's surprising you take one look at him and tell me that's not cookie you take, go and find the photos whilst i explain a little bit more about that no. choice yep that makes a lot of sense that, i mean the dude's a character actor is it is already and i feel like he could really bring that kind of because there's insanity in a bit with mole but at least it's it's uh educated insanity yeah i, I just wanted cookie to just be kooky yeah the dumb fuck and right. <laughs> william andreas could do such a good job with that uh-huh. On, on the other end of things, there is a character called Wilhelmina Packard, uh, just called Miss Packard in the movie, who's kind of like she's she's a radio operator or was a radio operator in in the war for the American army um, as kind of like think Hanoi Hannah when she's old and really sort of like jaded by the whole thing. Right. Um, and there was, again, I saw that. I was like, there's only one person I want for that. It's Margot Martindale from The Americans. Oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just give her grey hair and just say, have a fucking time with this. Done. That was Boom. That's the first person I cast in the entire thing. <laughs> I was like, well, that's, that that's got to be Margot. Um, there's only two minor characters left. There's the... Um, What's his name? Uh, Preston B. Whitmore, who is the person who kind of sends Milo and his team on the adventure and funds the whole expedition. Mm-hmm. He's only really in two scenes, but I feel like this is a Sam Elliott cameo. Yeah, if they got Sam Elliott in to do a voice in Lady and the Tramp, I feel like Sam, Elli- Sam Elliott's relatively uh, affordable, so that makes sense. Yep, and uh, the last one is uh, King... Oh, Christ. Uh, King... King <laughs> King Kashim Nedak, who is, I believe, supposed to be uh, Kida's father. The, the the plot of this weird movie is that whole like Kida's mother gets um, like absorbed into a giant crystal that keeps them all young. So they're all all of the Atlanteans are thousands of years old, um, mm. but they've got these crystals that keep them young, keep the uh, city protected by a barrier. And also powers a lot of shit in their city. It's literally their life force, if you will. Mm-hmm. So um, King Nadak is, yeah, King of, King of Atlantis and Kida's father. Um, uh, this was very, very nearly Morgan Freeman. But I went, Morgan Freeman does enough stereotypical old black guy roles. Let's give it to Billy D. Williams. You know what? That's a hell of a shout. He deserves more work off the back of a... I mean, he deserved more work anyway, but... Uh, yeah, off the back of uh, coming back in uh, Rise of Skywalker, that's a hell of a shame. Yeah, coming back in Rise of Skywalker and also still being the same Lando we lo- we really love. Mm. I mean, King Nadak is more of a serious character, but I-, I do feel like we haven't given Billy Dee Williams enough credit. I think he can be a really good dramatic actor. And I think this would be a really nice turn for him. He gets to have a beard. It'd be fun. He gets to get an under the sea, motherfucker, so that's cool. <laughs> yep that'll be fun that is it there, there are other characters but they appear for like a scene i didn't feel like casting them so there's uh no. i just anybody who's got more than two scenes is allowed to be cast so that is it i guess in terms of how i would alter it 
I would like to lean more into the steampunk aesthetic, although there's already quite a lot of that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess you could draw a little bit more on the seriousness and commentary of evolving technologies that is in the Jules Verne work. But this this plot doesn't need to be touched. It's really good. It's a cult favorite for a reason. It's a very solid Disney action movie that has a lot more sort of, you know, cloak and daggery stuff going on. I mean, the the point in which Commander Rourke kind of turns the entire crew against Milo is surprising. It, it I mean, you expect it because he's the villain, but it's surprising in which the way it evolved. It, it starts as this warping of the actual narrative of, oh, you know, we were in it for this reason the whole time because we're going to steal the thingy sauce and then you get that really tense fight on the the um the hot air balloon in the cave i don't think we've ever we've ever had a dog fight in a cave before that isn't a star wars film so you know there's a really um like a really unique kind of visual aesthetic to this film that i don't think you need to change i think just make it the same you could probably make the ulysses submarine a bit bigger but that's about it that's all i'd really do yeah i think because yours was underappreciated i think i think it'd actually benefit from being live action anyway over being um an animated movie i i, I think it's worthy of at least a, a stab at redemption and yeah i think because maybe it's even better than the ones that didn't do particularly well are the ones who kind of keep you know a lot more together because you're, you're only going to start no matter what you do with the popular ones if you keep them too close to the original, people are going to complain saying it's just the same movie over again. You make massive sweeping changes, people can say, this, is, this isn't my Mulan, etc. Um, but I, I think it's more worthwhile trying to expand on the ones that did work, so these, then you've got maybe the potential for two very popular movies. With this one, if it was just the wrong place, wrong time to put this movie out, it just wasn't ready for the, you know, it didn't have a captive audience ready to go for it. Yeah, maybe do keep it the same. I don't remember like a lot about the movie, but I don't remember hating it. So, yeah, it maybe it'd be nice to see like, look, this film would have worked. It just needed a few, you know, changes elsewhere. There was nothing inherently wrong with the film. It was just the wrong place, wrong time. I think you've got the cast to do that, where you've got good enough names in there that will compensate for it not being a bigger Disney movie. You know, you've got to bump up that cast because it's not as recognisable a property as everything else. Like, they basically cast Mulan with all unknowns because they know that Mulan is popular enough to coast on the name anyway, so... Basically. Yeah, yeah I, I I like what you did there. I can't offer much more than that because, again, I only watched it once and it was a few years ago now. Fair but, enough. Uh, I will report back to you with Rachel's feelings on the matter. Oh, please do, because if, if I win by proxy, that really really pleased me greatly I, I mean she agreed with you on Hamilton so there's every chance that she'll agree with you on this I think she she had an idea of who she wanted to play the main dude um, Milo because she'd seen that Cole Spruce who was either Zach or Cody from the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody has been on a bit of a personal petition to play Milo and has cosplayed as him a few times yeah, he so. was he was in consideration, as was Grant Gustin at one point for, ah, okay. the, for the role of Milo. I, and, inevitably, I had to go with somebody who's going to have a bit more of a box office draw. I feel like yeah. you know Cole Spruce isn't really big, picking no. things up, whereas like you know a remake of a was it like a two thousand and one movie that nobody really has any passing fondness for. Eh, I won't watch. I won't watch that. Who are these people? You tell them that 
you know, you've got you've managed to rein in Borat, Luke Cage, and the old Spider-Man. They'll watch it. Yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you needed more upfront. Whereas I could coast on having unknowns on the front line and saving all the big the big dollar people for CGI alien work. Yeah, I think you need to front load yours. So I think you've done a very good job there tactically. I think that would that would get it across the line. I think this is, in all honesty, probably at the bottom of their list. If they do intend to remake a lot of their um, animated ones, I don't know if they'll ever make it as far as this one, just because it didn't. You know, it's better remembered and loved than Treasure Planet, for example. I wanted so, to do that, but that's so hard to cast because of all the aliens. Yeah, I've never seen Treasure Planet, so admittedly, yeah, I. But that that's like known as like the no, that was almost very bad for business. Whereas this just underperformed and didn't really find the market they were hoping for. It wasn't actively bad um, for them. So yeah. I would like to see that. I'd like to see both of these movies, if it's all possible, because I mean, at least they're a bit more. I haven't. They're not played. Oh, no, overplayed like the Lion King is. At least then, this you know, we, we'd uh, not be burnt out on the story, the characters, and the whole thing. We would do with these two as we would be with Mulan, for example, and Cinder. What's the other one they're doing soon? I mean, they have announced basically all of these. They've announced that Hercules is coming at some point. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll they'll go through the Disney Renaissance films and remake them because they are the most recognisable. And right now, we grew up with those films, and we're the ones with the most expendable income in theory. So yeah, make, makes a lot of sense. World. Yep, yeah, so but... Little Mermaid's coming. Uh, I'm surprised Pinocchio hasn't got here yet. It is. It, it is. is. It's coming. Do you know who's directing it? No. Robert fucking Zemeckis. Oh, oh, but he likes weird lifeless looking cgi doesn't he, he did the, damn right he does <laughs> that, that's like that's his actual wheelhouse he's been practicing for years getting dead-eyed cgi nailed so <laughs> now he can actually be used intentionally for once so that's yeah, good we all have to suffer the polar express and it's all been leading to this you know what well, he's still made back to the future so he still gets a pass it's fine yeah cool let us know who you thought had the better pitch yeah, let us know in the comments on com or in the comments on SoundCloud as well. Or you can let me know on Twitter at ThatMoCoin, on Instagram at ThatMoCoin. You can go and let Darren know that he's won on Twitter at the Guttridge and Instagram under the Guttridge. You can go to the follow the site under the username FowleyNT, that is F-O-U-L-E-N-T, on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. Like I said, we are on SoundCloud, but you can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you can pick up an RSS feed under the username FowleyNT or FowleyNT Podcast. If you are doing it on SoundCloud, again, do let us know who you think won and we will see you in the next pitch episode. Bye, everybody. Bye.